Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, I got some career advice for you. Talk it to us. All right, we'll take it. We're always looking for career advice. All right, so if you're going to fast for four days, mm. don't break your fast an hour before you have to do this show. What's that? You get hungry? <laughs> no. It's no. called it's a new song called Disaster Pants. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that I have too much information already. Well, you yeah, know, I'm trying to I'm trying to let you use your imagination, but there's really not, not much, much else to say. But there is some more funniness around that. So I'm 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 at the studio, right? I'm I run to the bathroom, take care of myself. And I'm standing at the sink and I'm washing out, you know, washing out my drawers. <laughs> and uh, I get them all nice and clean and everything. And I walk back to the desk and somebody at the studio is showing other people around. And, oh, this is Carl, our resident genius. And uh, and the guy sticks out his hand <laughs> for me to shake it. <laughs> and hilarity ensued. You know... You know, I, I really thought when I did a podcast to you guys, it might turn into a dirty thing, but not in this way. No, yeah, in the wrong yeah, way. You know, just as life. Life happens, and sometimes yeah. you got to wash it out. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of stories today. We do. Should we start with the uh, the tweet that I got? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. So I got this message on Twitter. I'm loving your new Security This Week podcast. In the 22nd of January podcast from Russia with Love, there was a discussion on software bill of materials, SBOM, and the need for tools that can scan for vulnerable source dependencies. Have you heard of the SNYK tool? And that's S-N-Y-K. It automatically scans Git repos for CVEs, and we know what those are, in open source dependencies, gives a weighted risk score and recommendations for which packages need updating. I'd like your thoughts on this. Daniel. Excellent point. We definitely use it. Dwayne, you guys use it more than me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Daniel, this is a fantastic uh, mention, and, and I'm surprised we actually didn't mention it on the podcast last week. So there are a lot of packages out there that will do scanning for vulnerabilities. Um, yeah. We use SNCC all the time. If you go to security.snyk.io, um, there's actually, you can search for different packages and libraries. So you could incorporate this into your repo and you could go look for sort of normal uh, vulnerabilities and that sort of stuff. And that's fine. Um, but as an offensive team, what we also do is we leverage this database to know whether a customer is insecure. 
Um, so just this year alone, um, there have been at least three sites that I can remember that were um, shopping sites online a customer was using with certain plugins. Um, and we went straight to the, the SNCC database and looked at looked up those plugins and sure enough found vulnerabilities where we could get access to the site. Um, so yeah, this, that's a that's a really great find, a really good point, Daniel. So yeah. I think that's going to be a big theme coming up is knowing what you're actually running, having an idea of what code you're actually running and, and, and how to know if the next big vulnerability affects you. As we learned from Vlog4j, Log4j is is the the uh, canary in the coal mine for this. Right. Yeah, and I, the only thing I wish is that this was this was more of a requirement and not like a one-off thing. Like yeah. it, it will have like to hey, be. every software that comes out has to have some package like this to do vulnerability scanning and to make sure that it's publicly available everything that's being well, used. Well, I I think some of the big players will make that happen because it'll be, "Oh, what's your S-bomb and we'd like to see it before we buy." Oh, you don't have one? Right. You're off the list. We're not going to buy from you. Right. Or we need mm-hmm. to see it. We need to see a scan done by um, SNCC first and see what right. the rating is before we adopt it. Something right, like those. Right. Yeah. 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 Good. Very cool. Good message. Thank you. Yep. All right. Well, there's a big pile of stories here. Where do you want to start? You want to start with North Korea? Because that's the most course. <laughs> satisfying one. That's the one I'm going to say, Dwayne, that's awesome. This one's awesome. Although there's another one in here that's awesome too, which is malicious CSVs. We'll talk about that later, but this one's awesome. So, okay. Yeah, you tell the story. Let me set the stage. (laughs) You're a Western security researcher, as everybody on this podcast uh, usually is, listening or or talking here. We're all security researchers in some, some respect. Of course. And a nation state, nation state comes after you. Yeah. That nation happens to be North Korea. And and for those of you who don't know, actually, North Korea has a pretty sophisticated cyber ar- offensive army. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you have North Korea coming after you, and they're coming after you for your tools and to see if you've discovered any security vulnerabilities that they could then leverage in a massive attack. Yeah. So you're a researcher. You do the right thing, right? Right. You go to the authorities and you say, hey, listen, this happened. It's really kind of upsetting. It's a little jarring. They didn't get anything from me, but it's a little bit jarring. Yeah. And a year later, nothing happens. So what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) You're sitting down in your living room. You're in your T-shirt, your pajama pants. You're eating corn snacks. You're watching aliens. And you say, I know what I do. I'm going to go shut down North Korea. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what this guy did goes by the hacker handle uh pax i think is his name yeah p4x pax he was like you know what i found some vulnerabilities in their main router <laughs> let me just shut them down for a yeah, period of time i love it they're a bottleneck country they don't have a lot of pipes into the country because no. they're trying to restrict access no and and it's so it's it's impressive that you know you have one person who can then go and, and in essence, teach a lesson to Not, a much larger organization. Yeah, in between episodes, reruns of The Brady Bunch, <laughs> you know, in your pajamas, eating corn snacks. I think I'll check on how I'm taking down North Korea. Uh, <laughs> still running. Yeah, still it's still going. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that quote. Go to bed, <laughs> Mom. I'm taking down North Korea, Mom. Let's be clear. <laughs> This is yes. something that is not legal. 
Oh, wait, hold States. on. I got to shut something down then. Give uh, me a second. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> hackback is not legal in the United States. No, we're it's not, not. We're not allowed. And we don't, I don't know if this guy's in the United States. I hope he's in a place where. Uh, he is. Actually, according to Wired.com, uh, it says, but responsibility for the North Korean ongoing internet outages was not U.S. Cyber Command, but was one American man in a T-shirt, pajama pants, and slippers <laughs> sitting in his living room. At night, watching Aliens the movie, eating spicy <laughs> corn snacks, periodically walking over to his office to see the progress of shutting down an entire country's internet. Yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> I'm on board. I'm Team Pax. Trust me. I, I love this. I mean, <laughs> you know, yes, it's illegal, but come on. Well, those guys can bite me. <laughs> so the way he did it, the way he did it was really good. But but here's the here's the da- here's the back. I'm, I'm always Debbie Downer, I guess. Well, yeah. Yeah, geez, Patrick. Can we just celebrate PAX for a minute? <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> we can, I'm celebrating PAX, but I want to keep our people out of trouble. So right. PAX knew what he was doing and knew what router he was going for. He wasn't going to hit an, a hospital by accident. No, One of the right. biggest problems we have is if somebody hacks you and makes it look like it's coming from one IP address, mm. it could be a hospital server. And if you hack back, you could take down the hospital. Right. Sure. So he knew where he was going. He knew what he was doing. He understood the topology of the internet. And yeah. so he's probably not going to be prosecuted. There's no division in the U.S. government who's dedicated to, I'm going to protect those poor North Korean hackers. So he's probably fine. But but while I hope the government someday allows us to do some kind of privateer, you know, join some kind of militia to go after cyber threats outside this country, mm. it, it, you do so at your own risk. Right. Uh, I want to warn people that if you go to this link on our website and you leave it up for too long, the page will start talking to you. So a video will automatically play. As we know, that is such bad netiquette. But, you know, that's... It happens. Unfortunately, it happens. It so that's that's a good news story, I think, because... I think it's a good news story. You know, I we want to see more of that happen, it's but... It's a vigilante story. Are you? Are, wait, are you talking about this this Wired site? It just plays a video. Yeah, yeah. I went to it, and while Pat was talking there, somebody just started talking. Are right, you ready? To me, and I was like, "What?" I'm running all of my internet through a pie hole, and uh, then I also have an ad blocker, and then on top of that, I'm I'm running through my own open DNS, shutting down all ads. So I nothing well, plays. Aren't on Aren't you awesome? Nothing plays on mine. Well, let's awesome. explain what that is. Yeah, what's a pie hole? <laughs> you shut your pie hole. <laughs> it's what you're talking out of well, carl <laughs> so so a pie hole is a, is a raspberry pi which is a little computer on a board that you can buy and you there's a project called pie hole where you can create a router for your network and it will basically bit bucket everything you don't want all the ads right so when you visit even if you're playing like a little game on your phone or whatever and it tries to go to an ad um they have to pull up the dns request for that ad the name for that mm. ad the servers to serve it up yeah. what the pie hole does is it knows all of these ad serving servers and it just says yeah that server doesn't exist so the app you're playing or the browser you're using just doesn't display them cuz it can't get to them you know um, what? It, you, um, people who are listening to this that own websites should be taking notes because there is no way to block a podcast-based ad. Right? I'm True. just saying just you might want to think about advertising with us. That's right. Uh, what, <laughs> well, who am I kidding? My grandmother's the only one that listens to this show. <laughs> That's and not she's true. Dead. Daniel listens too. 
Well, that's true. Danielle so, and my grandma. And we appreciate it. Thank you, Daniel. So have your kids yeah. protested, Dwayne? Because there are some video games, I think, especially like on phone and iPad. Okay, that all right. You have okay, to that's... watch video in order to get the next okay. thing. Okay, you ready? You ready? Yeah. There are at, if if you put your pie hole in place, <laughs> most of those apps, <laughs> most of those apps will think the video played and it will instantly go to the end. And oh, you're kidding me. No. Yeah. So my kids are thrilled because what happens is it goes to throw to an app and then it comes back and it's like, here's your gems. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. I should get one. I've been I've been delaying. I got to get one. All right. I'm adding a link to Pie Hole. Pie Hole. Pie Hole. All right. Uh, What's next coming like, out of your suck pie it. hole? Suck it. That's awesome. Next. Next. There's kind of a lot of big hacks. Big yes. vulnerabilities today. What which one do you want to start with? Let's go to let's go to the data center one. This one's interesting. So okay, lots and lots of companies. Obviously, all of us, all even this podcast is probably being streamed to you from some data center. Whether it's you're watching it on Amazon or mm-hmm. you know Apple or whatever, it's it's coming from a data center somewhere. Um, having people to man those data centers is expensive. Um, so right. lots of data centers are considered what's called lights out data centers. So there are literally no management staff. Um, it's just servers locked up in a fully managed, fully automated facility. Bunch of freaking robots. Bunch of robots keeping servers cold. Um, so what's interesting is, and this is, uh, we'll, we'll put the link to this article, but researchers have found 20,000 instances of publicly exposed Data center infrastructure management, or what's known as DSIM software, that monitors devices, HVAC, power, etc. So what this gives hmm. you the ability to do is literally publicly, and a lot of these have default passwords. Wow. Which is usually admin, admin, admin passwords. Oh, God. <laughs> guest, guest. Those are your do, top passwords. Do, do they at least replace the A with an at sign? No, lead speak, the, the awesome lead speak. No. So hmm. uh, there's about 20,000 that are accessible right now. A lot of them with default passwords or, or exploits that get you by the login screens where you could literally shut off servers. And Well, so, so let's talk about Google dorks for a minute. What'd you call me? <laughs> you heard I me. I use Google at my <laughs> So So there's a thing in our industry called a Google dork. Yeah, and a Google we talked dork, about them. We did. We did. Yes. And this is this is a Google dork. You could do a search for the page that highlights this, correct? Or am I wrong? Yes. Yeah. So basically, if a hacker knows the, the, the search criteria, which is not hard to find, they could take their pick of which cloud they want to infect or or hijack or take over. Yeah, and, and a lot of times I like using um Shodan for this as well. Um that's mm-hmm. another sort of great search engine for these types of weird like google's fantastic for anything that's a web content delivered thing Mm. everything else like random ssh ports and random rdps and random webcams like showdown's kind of your go-to engine which is pretty cool it's the alternate port yep okay google door and and showdown's a little bit higher end it's it's less of a script kitty tool and more of a higher end tool did you Uh, just say showdown's better than google I, You're going to get some hate mail. <laughs> Not from Showdown. That's <laughs> no, true. Hey, we're a, we, we're a paid subscriber of them. They do a I, great job. I was hmm. a Showdown at 18. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I feel like showdown. I've just parachuted into the Star Trek Enterprise bridge. <laughs> 
Why? When we're talking about stuff? I mean, you know, I've just given up asking you to define things and explain things. I'm just like, yeah. Because we suck at it? uh, It (laughs) is. It is. Yes. There's just Uh, so much. There, well, there is honestly, there's so job much security. Yeah, job security, so. yes, through obscurity. So yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. We one of the things yeah. questions we get very often is, well, how do I get into this? And, and my advice is this: you need to get an inch deep and a mile wide. You need to know a little bit about everything. You need to know right. how the internet mm. works. You need to know what DNS is. You need to know what mm. Kubernetes is. You know, but you don't have to become a Kubernetes administrator. Right. And you don't have to become an exchange or an Office 365 administrator, but you have to know what Active Directory is and why it works and how it works. And so you got to get an inch deep and a mile wide, and then you can specialize. In short, listen to security this week. Exactly. Yeah. We'll exactly. Walk you all over the place. Yeah. We'll point out the sites. You know, and the dorks, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. And share it with your dork friends <laughs> and, you know, see which one of you becomes a security expert first. I bet Woo-hoo! it's you. And then call us. <laughs> After you take down North Korea, yeah, there you yeah, go. That's, right. that's the job. Now, what are your credentials? Uh, I took down North Korea's internet. Uh, okay, all right, you're hired. Top of the pile. Get in. <laughs> you got to serve your jail term first. So this is a big number. Twenty thousand data center yeah. management yeah. systems is a big number. Now I'm sure Amazon and Azure and those data centers aren't what we're talking about. We're talking no, about those small, are usually pretty good. We're talking about the small, you know, the smaller data centers that are either corporate run or small ISPs, but there's still a lot of systems there. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I mean, a lot of that is just misconfiguration, right? So when we do a lot of our red team offensive engagements, you know, nine times out of 10, the way we get in is not by inventing a zero day hack that nobody's ever seen on the planet. It's yeah. usually somebody configured something wrong. Um, and then yeah. that's how we get Very in. And, then, and this is a prime example. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then there's the routers. So uh, routers. routers. Yeah, routers is interesting. This one is eternal silence. 277,000 routers have been exposed to eternal silence attacks. Oh, and Dwayne, Dwayne's going to use my favorite quote here. This is I was good. This is why I picked this article, Patrick. I know. I know you did. This quote did. is awesome. Hey, Patrick. Eternal silence mm-hmm. is the way for an attacker to tear apart a service called the UPnP, which is universal plug and play, play yeah. which makes the router much more convenient. Yeah, I mean, I mean, plug and play sounds so convenient. And right? It sounds very convenient. And mm. what, sir, is the enemy? What could go wrong? <laughs> Convenience? Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, that's true. I mean, yeah. a lot of the innovations in security is when you can get better convenience with good security, but it's not right. common. No. And yeah. this this is interesting. So, you know, let's say you're an avid video gamer and you Xbox, PlayStation, whatever, and you, you set your console up at the house and, and you then go to your network stats and settings and it says you're behind a NAT or it gives you a really terrible setting. There's this thing your router can do at your house called UPnP, which will automatically, because you're on the inside of the network, will automatically forward port data from the internet down to your Xbox console. So it'll say your Xbox will go to your firewall or your router and say, hey, I need this type of traffic over here. And your firewall will go, okay, okay, cool. If anything comes in on that port, I'm just going to send it directly to you. So this is stuff that I would normally have to do if I go to, you know, um, 192.168.1.1 and go log into my router. Yep. And then- in a strict world, you'd have to configure your router. You'd have to configure your firewall. And most people can't do that. Well, yeah, but and that's what you should be doing. 
Yes, exactly. Right. At the very least, you should be using some Windows, known Windows software where you can say, yes, allow that. And, you know, the firewall thing does come up, doesn't it? In Windows Defender, if it's working, if, if something needs access to a port, uh, the little thing pops up and says, allow this application to go through the firewall. Yes. And if you say yes, it does. Right. And, and so then, that's too complicated for people now. <laughs> well, I think the problem you run into is is your your firewall to the Internet, not the one locally. That one may or may not open up automatically. Like right. the three of us, if we needed a port opened from the Internet inside our house, we just go yeah. to the router or the firewall. We'll configure it. Right. But routers all come with this UPnP feature that automatically does it because most people don't know how to do that anyways. Is go to their firewall and open they port. all come with it. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah I I had to shut it off on a lot of our our production uh, security firewalls. Holy crap! It's on yeah. by default in most of the routers I've looked at. That is so insecure. Yeah. So if you're on the inside, you just make a request and open a port. So what's interesting is a lot of the old and this is this is I believe where the Eternal came from, right? Remember there were the NSA tools that got leaked mm-hmm. by yeah. Snowden and and the Shadow Broker put them out on the internet and that sort of stuff and and some of the Eternal tools. So there was a Eternal Blue, etc. That were um, what was it Eternal Blue and Eternal Red, um, mm-hmm. which were exploits for what's called SMB, which is Windows shares. So Eternal Blue, right. I believe, was file Windows, shares. Yeah, yeah, Windows file shares, and Eternal Red was Samba, which is an emulation of Windows file shares. Yeah, they believe that a lot of systems out there that may still be susceptible to Eternal Blue and Eternal Red to get full access to the system. The only reason they haven't been found yet is because they're behind firewalls. Weren't they built, built by Equation Group and leaked from them? Um, I think that was the rumor. I've never seen a document that says it was, but I think you're probably right. I know a lot of these tools were Equation Group tools that then went to the NSA that then got leaked out on the Internet. Mm. So, so what's interesting about this eternal silence is a lot of servers that may still be susceptible to older hacks are now being reopened. Because if I say you know, hey, let's open up port, uh, you know, the SMB port through your firewall to your Windows server that you haven't patched in 10 years. Now it's accessible on the internet. And that's the whole point of of this article here, here is not only are they seeing, yes, there's a lot of routers out there that are susceptible to this this eternal silence, but there are also Windows servers behind them um, that can be infected as well. So, Moral of the story here, uh, turn off UPnP if you're not using it. So go to your router and, and figure out how to turn that off. Um, and if you can't turn that off, um, then you really should be figuring out you know, how you can restrict uh, who's going to be able to request. Call Dwayne. He'll course. do it for $1,000. Call me and I'll tell you whether I'm already on your system. <laughs> <laughs> He'll tell you your cat's name. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of Samba, because you were, Samba. there's a Samba bug, and Samba again is a, um, what did you say? It was an abstraction that uh, that's sort of like Windows file shares, but it, it's a, over a network. It's the Linux. And, yeah, yeah, it's the it, Linux yeah, it's, version of that. Exactly. Yep. It's how Linux shares files over um, the server message blocks or Windows sharing. Um, so Linux can share files that way. So this um, is really for people who have Linux boxes. Mm-hmm. With that are that are running desktops, right? Right. Yeah. De- well, desktops and servers. Um, oh. So anybody who's running a Linux server or desktop that's running Samba installation or even Mac, uh, wow. for that you know for that sure. matter, yeah, that is running Samba 
pre 4.13.17. So if you're running before version 4.13.17, this is your uh, public service announcement. Please go patch. Your server is vulnerable. See, Dwayne's um, not always evil. <laughs> he, he has some nice, just nice by, days. Just by default. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't tell you I've known about it for nine months and been using it. <laughs> but now you should go patch. I'm done with it. All right. That's enough of that, I think. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Uh, what's the next one? The telco? Telco. Yeah. Signs. So this is more of the governance thing where governments are starting to ha- be fed up with companies ignoring. So there's an anecdote that I think we might have talked about a long time ago, but but Dwayne uh, was in a conference room. I think I was there too. I don't re- I'm not sure um, where they specifically said that when security comes up, all the executives leave the room. And this was 15 years ago, so it's, it, it should have changed by now. But there are some companies that still have their heads buried in the sand hmm. and think that if they don't know about a security vulnerability, they are not responsible. Those days are over. And these fines are showing that government organizations are starting to say, look, you should have known better. It's malpractice. It's, it's negligence for you to not secure your data, for you not to have firewalls, for you not to have backup plans, for you not to have you know, mm. things in place to do, um, to deal with data that you knew was vulnerable. And so this is another example of that. In this case, it's um, telcos uh, over in Europe being fined millions of euros. Yeah, um, 9 million euros should wake you up to uh, maybe we should have somebody patch something. <laughs> well, especially in Greece, they're not, they're not, their economy is not booming. No, no. Um, I know you give me 9 million euros, I'll patch whatever you want. Right. <laughs> uh, and so now they have nine million left to patch, but but this is a good thing for uh, for all of us in the real world because it means that um, maybe companies won't be as Swiss cheese. Maybe you won't get right. as many emails saying your data has sure. been breached, and and maybe it can take away some of the profit margin because mm. the more we the more we let the hackers get, the more money they make from it, and then the more they can make from it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. Agreed. So, you know, this is another back back in the corner. Well, this is another example of, you know, what you warned us about that, you know, the authorities might come after you if you, through negligence, allow your customer's data. to. I think I think cyber negligence or cyber malpractice is going to start being a thing. Yeah. And because nobody uses WordPress anymore, (laughs) except for the 600,000 sites that were impacted by. A critical plugin vulnerability. Yeah, remote code execution. Is it is it just me or do we talk about a WordPress plugin almost every week as well? It's WordPress, Russia, Log4J. This 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 week I think North Korea takes the cake. Wait a second. This might this is an epic week. I don't think we've talked about Log4J at all. You're yeah, you're right. Well, we haven't so far, but is there any no, Log4J story? There's no Log4J this week. Wow. Well, I think you just kind of ruined that. No, we said log for Jake. Well, also, it, we pointed out that we probably missed it if it happened. <laughs> right? I'm right. sure there's stories. They just have There are definitely stories. Yeah, we're just too list. stupid to find them. <laughs> we're just moving away <laughs> for the week. We're taking a week <laughs> off of log for Jake. Be back next week. Um, so this, All right. So back to WordPress. Yeah, this one's interesting. So this one is a critical remote code vulnerability, remote code execution vulnerability, yet again, RCE. I can run a piece of code in some such way that gives me the ability to... to run a command on your server. Very, very bad. Anytime mm-hmm. you see RCE, you want to be concerned. Um, so this is another PSA just to patch. 
anybody who is using the Essentials add-on for Elementor okay. uh, version 5.0.4 or older needs to go patch. And does it say when 5.04 was... Uh... Was that like how well, old that is? Does it say with the latest one? Actually, there's been two attempts by the author to actually patch this. Yeah. And oh. um, there was a problem. When the researcher found this, it was already there was already a patch in existence. It just wasn't deployed. Yeah. And it wow. looks like the latest patch was released January 28th. So just a few days ago. So patch, patch, patch. Man, this is drama. This is radio <laughs> drama. I don't know about you, but... You know, why watch uh, spy shows when the real world is so much more entertaining? <laughs> it is very entertaining. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Like 600,000 WordPress sites. God. Go out and... or, or it's horrifying. Well, I think it's, it's both. amazing. It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, needs, who needs Freddy Krueger or Jason? We get we got the internet. This is yeah. so good. So good. <laughs> yeah. And I think right. we left the best, the best one for last, but... um. So second to last story here, uh, SEO poisoning pushes malware laced Zoom team, team viewer and Visual Studio installers. So let's talk about what SEO is, search engine optimization. So yeah, search engine optimization is a way that you can put code or take out code in your, uh, or even design your websites so that the search engines, you know, Google and Bing, who are we kidding here? The search engines will find them when you, you know, type in the right keywords. So you're optimizing your website to be discoverable by a search engine. So yes. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to delete some of the details to um, not tie it back to a specific customer, but thank you. We had an engagement <laughs> recently where we had to get somebody to click on something and we were trying to keep the, the security people in the dark as long as we could. So we needed them to have a plausible story for why they would click on such a link. Hmm. So we had an internal agent basically. And so Dwayne went to a forum for a software development group. And the person we were dealing with on the inside was a developer. And he, he took a piece. He basically asked the admin a question about whether this was the right place to talk about this and Hmm. got in a conversation with the number one admin on the site, which drove up the, 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 uh, the, the 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 rank yeah so like all the, the developers on the site started talking about this one topic which oh. then ranked it to the top and then so, at the end i posted an article referencing it back to a site that i had fishing so oh, that man. everybody <laughs> everybody including our agent <laughs> would go there and so it was, but it did it came up as the number one post for that thing in google and i was like woohoo and that's an example of seo manipulation you try you get sure. search engines to highly rank something, uh, there's an example where if you do a search for like QuickBooks support, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a while there, the number one result was a phone number that would get you to somebody in India or Pakistan, but it wasn't actual support. Right. And they would try to get you to the point where you would give them remote access and then they would steal all your money. Same type of thing here. Um, just be careful what you download. If you're searching for Visual Studio and it, the download link is coming from Bitly, which is like a shortened URL thing. Yeah. No, Visual Studio comes from Microsoft. If you're downloading it from somewhere else, don't. So don't right. always just click on the top thing that comes back. God Google, no. Because sometimes it's it's not. Well, yet. it's not just yeah. Google. What this what this article says is happening is that 
A poisoning campaign is underway, dropping the Batloader and Atera agent malware onto the systems of mm -hmm. targeted professionals searching for productivity tool downloads, such as Zoom, TeamViewer, and Visual Studio. So, so are they installing it? Not installing it on Google, obviously. No. But they're using SEO to manipulate the search engine so that they come up first in the link. Exactly. And search engine optimization is 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 everything from having other pages linked to your page, having so so how would a hacker do that? So depending on how sophisticated and how advanced they were, um, uh, might, this is your moment of career advice, Mr. Career Criminal. Advice. So you might have or Mrs. Criminal. We, we let's say you're a hacker and you have a stable of twenty companies whose servers you have access to, and half of them are web servers. Right. You could create a page on their websites with a link to the thing that you're trying to raise this, the SEO of. Mm. And that those would become, those would become references, if you will, to, to basically tell the search engines, Hey, this is a reputable page. You know, I got this company and that company all pointing to this page. It must be a real page. And the search engine says, Oh, okay. <laughs> and then there's also, you know, ways to do formatting, number of words, different content counts. There's all sorts of ways to do it. And if a company can do it as a marketing exercise, a hacker can do it as a hacking exercise. So this is like, you know, Mr. Blithers who decides he's going to go to do some SEO training and he gets it up and he puts up a shingle saying, Hey, I'll fix your website. And nobody takes, you know, no, nobody comes calling. He's like, well, screw you guys. I'm going to the dark side with my I, knowledge. I think that only happens in Gotham, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned I'm old. Yeah. So, so that's search engine optimization poisoning. Um, yep. This is a lesson we need to take everywhere. For example, QR codes. Yep. So with, with QR codes, basically it's a symbol that lets you go to a website very quickly. You need right. to be careful about that because if you see one on the side of a truck on a bumper sticker, don't go to it. Yeah, you have no idea. Right. right. If you're in yep. a restaurant and they say, well, this is our menu, eh, it's probably a little bit safer. And right. it, it, but certainly don't provide any information to it, like your banking information, et cetera. Right. Yeah, QR codes. I never thought of that. You really have to consider the source. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. I wouldn't a bumper sticker is a little more traceable to the driver or whatever and the license plate, but but you know, certainly on the on the side of a wall. If I put right. a bumper sticker on the back of your car, how long would it take? Well, you that's to that's a different thing. Yeah, you're right. If I took the license plates off your car and all right, career advice. Number two, come up what with is, a come up with some malware that's ransomware, and uh, stick a create a bumper sticker with the QR code. Right. Visit a bunch of restaurants, win a million dollars, and just put them on put the bumper stickers on every car in Shoprite. Like it. There Please you have it. There you Please have it. Career Now advice. I'm beginning to think like Dwayne. <laughs> and and welcome, the world is ending. Welcome, Carl. Welcome. <laughs> The dark side welcomes you. So that is absolutely possible. Holy yep. crap. Yep. Yep. Ransomware by a bumper sticker. <laughs> Just wait. Somebody's going to do it, and we're going to read about it here next yeah, year. Yeah, it'll happen. I'm it'll sure happen. somebody's already done it. Yeah, and that's we just true. haven't seen it. They're like, curse you for telling my... Well, because ransomware is the highest impact thing. If you ransomware someone, they know it. But there's a lot of ways to get someone where they don't even know they got caught. I'm here to pick up my bumper stickers. <laughs> okay, well, we only take credit cards. I only have cash. I'm sorry. Only credit card. Don't worry about it. I pay cash. 
you find the you find the cash where you walk, dog. <laughs> what? Uh, right. On that note, one last story, which I think is awesome. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So we all know if you're if you get a Word document or an Excel document or something along those lines in email, mm. do we click on it? No. No. Very no. good. Comes from Dwayne. Now I'm going to ask you a question. If you get a CSV, and for those of you who aren't, you know, tech savvy or or who aren't developers, a CSV is literally just a text document. No code can run in a text document. Right. It's a text document with columns of data separated by commas, comma separated values. CSV. Right. So if I send you a text document with just regular text separated by commas, do you open it? No, <laughs> I'm going to say no. I mean, I would no. save it and I certainly wouldn't open it with a browser. I might drop it into notepad. Sure. Sure. Yeah, drop notepad. it into notepad. But if you were to double click on that, which most no, of us might, I wouldn't do that. Excel the application open that opens it is Excel. Yeah. Not well, a big deal. It by default in windows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not a big deal. Excel is going to read. It's just text. It's yeah, not but Yeah. You can put a macro in. Can't put a macro in, but what you can do is Excel has a feature called DDE, which is Dynamic Data Exchange. Oh, my God. The 90s called, and they want <laughs> right? their technology back. <laughs> that's, that's prior to OLE. It's awesome. Object so, linking and embedding. We're literally talking 1990, 91. DDE is Dynamic Data Exchange, and I wrote a couple of apps using it back yeah. in the oh, 90s. Yeah. So did yeah. I. Mid-90s. This was hot. This is how you got a CSV to do things in Excel. You so got what anything this, to Windows to work. This has yeah. now come back, and people are putting in what's uh, just an if you literally put as one of the columns equal WMIC. Okay, career advice number three. <laughs> yeah, be and old, be an old guy who remembers things. Right I went back when I was a whippersnapper. <laughs> Me, I know grasshopper. Keyboards only had zeros and ones. So somebody out there has, has got a pen and paper. Now you're going to say it again. So go ahead, write it down. What is it that they put in there? If you put in equal a WMIC, it will try and run a K-E-Y. Windows management command, which means you can run any command on the computer. And right now what people are running is a PowerShell command to get to, to either deploy a backdoor. And this, this particular article will post the link to. So they're deploying the bizarre backdoor. <laughs> Um, so it's they're deploying backdoors or getting reverse shells or just ransomware where you thought this was a safe file type. It's a text are you, file. Are you using this at that next week's engagement? Is that why I can't confirm or deny that this is going to be a part of a lot <laughs> oh of my, my campaigns. I pity all of awesome. our customers. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for them. Um, and then sell them the antidote, you know, that's uh-huh. what you do afterwards. If you really well, want to be awesome. We'll help them be secure by shutting off all their computers and burning them in a dumpster fire. <laughs> they generally I just don't am, like I'm really surprised that DDE is even working in right? 2022. Why backward isn't that turned off? Backward so compatibility, awesome. man. Backward yes, but with what? With, yeah. with what? With an operating system that's with 20 your, years hey, out of what date? If, with what if your, I've got OS2 warp? With your compact iPack <laughs> that might still be running somewhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> Windows oh NT three five one, terrible, yeah. so awesome, so awesome. Upgrade your operating system, but not to Windows eleven because it sucks. 
So, so what is this wow. episode called? An inch deep and a mile wide? Is that? Uh, no, I'm, I'm actually, I have a working title here. Hacker takes down North Korea's internet in his pajamas. Oh, yeah. What do you think? I like it. All right. That's it. That's it. That's okay. what we got. That's a wrap. Thanks, everybody. Be good and don't hack like Dwayne. Or do. You can't hack it. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.